Could it be true? Is it possible that this impossible concept of dominant victory actually exists? Is it possible that God is not the smiley face bumper sticker that many think he is? Could it be that I really don't know who I am? Is it also possible that there is a literal blessable place and that I can position myself there? This is session two of part four of the Life Series titled Learning to Talk. If you have not attended the weekly subjects listed below and want to tap the very glorious power of God, then stop and do not continue in this feature. Click on to the subjects listed below. After you have absorbed the information, return here. We will wait for you. Do not shortcut this presentation. A brief outline of material covered in the first four features follows in instant replay fashion. If you have attended these sessions, your godlike brain will flesh out the full material in brief seconds. Life Series, Part 1, Who is God? 1. God is the creator of all spiritual and physical things. Following his owner's manual, the Holy Bible delivers optimal life. 2. God is truth. 2 plus 2 equals 4. And 3.9 just won't do no matter how reasonably it is presented. God has zero tolerance. That's the nature of truth. 3. God is light. God is the illuminator and life giver of all that pertains to man, both spiritually and physically. The secrets to Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 18, excuse me, is Route 7 North obedience. 4. God is love, and his love is surely not unconditional. His love is solely found in his only begotten Son, Christ Jesus. 5. God is the God of fierce judgment. He is not to be trifled with. Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? 6. God requires true fidelity. Only the first voice will do in cherubims guard the way. Life Series Part 2, Who Am I? 1. All mankind are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. 2. Because of the fall, we were all spiritually stillborn. 3. The only way of escape is to be born a second time. 4. At this moment, you can be in only one of two conditions, born again or not. 5. Salvation is a journey that is finally completed when we see Jesus face to face and become as he is. 6. Basic carnal traits are extremely hard to detect. 7. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. 8. We see ourselves as smarter, more skilled, and more appealing than we actually are. 9. Your heart is not the place to put your trust. God's word is the only sure foundation. 10. We must approach God in humility and have an empty cup. 11. Jesus Christ is the only answer to this carnal dilemma. Life Series Part 3, A Blessable Place 1. There is a blessable place known as Job's Hedge. 2. There is a place that Satan recognizes as the hedge of protection, a barrier that he cannot breach. 3. If Satan knows what this hedge of protection looks like, it is critical that you and I do too. 4. God mentioned four attributes of Job that he found admirable. A. Job was perfect. Remember the apple. B. Job was upright. C. Job feared God. D. Job eschewed evil. 5. Our days can be like the days of heaven upon the earth. 6. The blessable place requires faith and obedience to the word of God. 
the last uh, series that we did, Life Series Part 4, Learning to Talk, Session 1. One, the Word of God teaches us to harness the power of words. Two, all things are made out of words, God's words. Three, the new life in the invisible kingdom has a totally new language. Four, I love everybody. Five, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The literalness of everything being made out of words and the implications of this staggering truth are beyond breathtaking. It is critical to have some comprehension of the reality of everything made of words if one is to successfully function in the realm of dominant victory. Everything is made of words. On God Said, Man Said, this concept has been discussed in some detail in many of its 336 subjects. We have selected several excerpts from various feature articles to demonstrate the solidness of this fact. This working knowledge will help you harness your tongue. The following paragraphs are from Some of the Greatest Principles of All Time, Part 1, Brains and Words. Since the publishing of the original God Said, Man Said feature made out of words, new insights into the nature of DNA have been shocking to say the least. And reading these various reports, the concept of language stands out in dominant form. Of course, if all things are constructed from words, that is precisely what we should expect to see. The following passage from Lee Strobel's new book, The Case for a Creator, reads, The six feet of DNA coiled inside every one of our body's 100 trillion cells contains a four-letter chemical alphabet that spells out precise assembly instructions for all the proteins from which our bodies are made. Cambridge-educated Stephen Meyer demonstrated that no hypothesis has come close to explaining how information got into biological matter by naturalistic means. In the same book, references and quotes are made of Stephen C. Meyer, Ph.D., who is presently Director and Senior Fellow at the Discovery Institute Center for Science and Culture, as well as Professor of the Conceptual Foundations of Science at Palm Beach Atlantic University. He holds a doctorate, a doctorate excuse me, at Cambridge University. There he analyzed scientific and methodological issues in origins of life biology. His credentials are substantial. Researcher Strobel interviews Dr. Meyer. When you talk about information in DNA, what exactly do you mean, I ask? We know from our experience that we can convey information with 26 letter, a 26-letter alphabet or 22 or 30 or even just two characters like the zeros and ones used in the binary code in computers. One of the most extraordinary discoveries of the 20th century was that DNA actually stores information, the detailed instructions for assembling proteins in the form of a four-character digital code. The characters happen to be chemicals called adenine, quinine, cytosine, and thymine. Scientists represent them with the letters A, G, C, and T, and that's appropriate because they function as alphabetic characters in the genetic text. Properly arranging these four bases, as they're called, will instruct the cell to build different sequences of amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins. Different arrangements of characters yield different sequences of amino acids. Meyer concluded, DNA is more like a library, he said. The organism accesses the information that it needs from DNA so it can build some of its critical components. And the library analogy is better because of its alphabetic nature, end of quote. 
DNA was spoken into existence by God's words out of that which is invisible. It performs all of its manufacturing functions with words. Again from the God Said Man Said article mentioned above. Dr. K.P. Wise has a B.A. from the Department of Geophysical Sciences at the University of Chicago and an M.A. and Ph.D. and Paleontology from Harvard University. While at Harvard, he studied under the world-famous evolutionist Stephen Jay Gould. Dr. Wise authored the book Faith, Form, and Time. His book fully endorses the Word of God, including the Young Earth premise. Wise goes into depth on the subject of DNA and words. The DNA molecule has hierarchical coding as well. DNA, including a string of four different nucleotides, quinine, cytosine, adenine, and thymine, the building blocks of DNA, analogous to the three building blocks of Morse code, dots, dashes, and gaps. The four nucleotides of DNA are arranged in sequences of three, called codons, to code for the 20 or so amino acids used in living organisms, analogous again to Morse code, coding for the 26 letters of the English alphabet. This characteristic of DNA is so much like language that it is commonly called the genetic code, and the name codon is given to the set of three nucleotides that codes for a particular amino acid, Wise says. One. At every level of structure, DNA uses codes. Two, at every level, DNA has parts that are designed to be interchangeable. Three, DNA's information seems to be arranged according to complex rules. Four, DNA is found within a complex cellular system designed to translate DNA information into a form usable by the cell to create specific structures the cell needs and to place them in their proper location in the cell. All these characteristics are shared by human languages. On several different levels and in several different ways, DNA has the structure of language. All organisms on earth, from bacteria to animals, protists to plants, algae to fungi, have DNA. Evidence of language is found in all earth's organisms. Since God created with evidence of his nature, and since God is a communicating God, the language basis of organisms should not come as a surprise to creationists. In fact, it is likely that principles of human linguistics may be helpful in unraveling DNA's language. And since language in our experience is only produced by some communicating intelligence, non-creationists would not expect DNA to be based upon a language. In a multi-page feature in the publication Science, the headline reads, Finally, the book of life and instructions for navigating it. The DNA molecule is a 3.3 billion letter book. DNA has not only been constructed by words, but all of its information is just words. End of quote. Harnessing words and thoughts, which are simply silent words, is essential to salvation and surely central to dominant victory. The following information is also from God Said, Man Said, uh, some of the greatest principles of all time. Medical science and the field of psychology are more and more these days confirming the verse from Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words which we think, speak, and act upon also have a direct bearing on our physical and mental health. This should be of no surprise when we understand that all things are created out of words. Therefore, even our bodies respond to words. It should be a concern to us that medical research estimates 75% of the typical human's thoughts, words, are negative or counterproductive. 
The following excerpt is from uh, Ladies uh, Home Journal in an article about mental well-being. Yet medical researchers estimate that more than 75% of the thoughts we have every day are negative or counterproductive, working against us instead of supporting our well-being and happiness. What we tell ourselves about ourselves and our lives day after day has a tremendous effect on shaping our reality for good or bad. End of quote. It is now known that bone marrow produces white and red blood cells prolifically when one focuses on happy, positive thoughts, words. When negative, destructive thoughts, words, are doted upon, the bone marrow's uh, pro production is inhibited. White blood cells kill disease and red blood cells bring oxygen and life. We are made out of words, thoughts. Therefore, the human body, as well as all creation, responds to them. In an article in Newsweek, February 26, 1996, the headline reads, For the obsessed, the mind can fix the brain. About 5 million Americans suffer from something known as obsessive-compulsive disorder. For instance, the compulsion to wash one's hands over and over again, even though they're not dirty. The following is a quote from that article. The most popular treatment for OCD is Prozac or a similar drug. Some 30% of OCD patients do not respond well to medication, though, and if a patient stops the pills, the symptoms return. But last week, Schwartz and four UCLA colleagues reported in archives of general psychiatry that the mind can be at least as powerful as medicine when it comes to remodeling the brain. Behavioral modification, changing the way patients act, and cognitive therapy, changing how they think, can alter the biology of their brains. PET scans of brain activity after therapy show markedly decreased activity in the are-you-sure-the-stove-is-off candidate. The team had seen hints of this in a 1992 preliminary study, but last week is the first to report persuasive evidence that, as Schwartz says, the mind can change the brain, end of quote. The following excerpt, it's from an April 8, 2002 issue of U.S. News & World Report under the heading Prescription Power. New Mexico last month became the first state to allow psychologists to undergo 450 hours of training and write prescriptions for psychotropic medications. The decision was bitterly fought by MDs, but Georgia, Illinois, Hawaii, and Tennessee have similar bills pending. Advocates in New Mexico say the new rule improves access in a state with so few psychiatrists that patients may have to wait up to five months for needed medicine. Yet some psychologists don't want to prescribe. They cite evidence showing their talking therapy is as effective as drugs, says David Andanucci, a psychologist at the University of Nevada, Reno. The tools we seek might not be as good as the tools we already have, end of quote. Discover Magazine printed an article titled Neurocomputers where the following paragraph was found. Neurons speak a terrifically complicated language. Each word in the neuron lexicon is a repeatable pattern of electrical impulses. And when neurons talk to each other, these electrical words are transmitted across synapse, electrical connections that link neurons into a network. Each synaptic connection can have as many as 200,000 channels End of quote. Words are everything. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature title, Nocebo, Placebo, and You. 
You have, of course, heard of the placebo effect. Basically, the placebo effect is the ability of the mind to think oneself better. Many clinical measurements have made over the years concerning this phenomenon. In these studies, people were treated for a particular ailment. Part of the group was treated with the appropriate medication, while the others were given a placebo, often a harmless sugar pill. After the trial, the results of both groups were measured. The improvement rate of those taking the harmless sugar pill ranked in at about 1 out of 3, or 33%, and the improvement number of the placebo group is sometimes greater than the improvement percentage turned in by the group actually treated with the appropriate medication. Just recently, a study was conducted on an actual operation procedure. The placebo operation actually turned in a higher improvement percentage than the medically recommended procedure. It also was noted that the placebo benefit skyrockets when the doctor promotes the fake placebo's cures. Cut. It also was noted that the placebo benefit skyrockets when the doctor promotes the fake placebo cures a benefit with words. Remember, as he thinketh in his heart. As you should suppose, there is an opposite to the placebo effect, and it is called the nocebo effect, which is basically the physically negative things uh, that take place in one's body simply as a result of thinking on the wrong words. The following excerpt concerning the nocebo effect is from an article written by Stacy Colino titled, Mind Over Medicine. It reads, In an experiment at the State University of New York Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn, People with asthma were given inhalers that contained a harmless saline mist, but were told that they were inhaling a mist that contained irritants. Nearly half of the subjects experienced airway inflammation, a major symptom of asthma, and several actually suffered a full-blown asthma attack. It was a classic illustration of the nocebo effect at work. You may already uh, be comfortable with the general notion that your moods and thoughts affect your physical health, you get sick to your stomach when you're under pressure at work, for example. Nocebo's flip side, the placebo effect, is another form of this mind-body connection. That's the tendency people have to feel better after they receive a treatment, even if it has zero therapeutic value, simply because they think the treatment will work. But in the more specific form of nocebo effect, the cause is a particular thought or belief, not something vague like stress or a bad mood. In one experiment, Thirteen teenagers were told they were being rubbed on the arm with a plant similar to poison ivy. The leaves were in fact harmless, but all of the kids had some reaction, itching, redness, blisters. Their specific belief that the plant was poisonous actually caused them to break out in rashes, end of quote. Learning to harness the tongue, causing it to speak God's creation words, is the literal ability to tap the very power of God. Everything is made out of words. Words, in many instances, will be self-fulfilling prophecies that one speaks over his or her spouse, children, career, health, spiritual state, financial situations, mental state, etc. Psalms 141.3 reads, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. In the previous feature, we demonstrated the unfathomable power of speaking words. We need to revisit this mind-boggling experiment. Because everything is made out of words, the words we speak actually create things. Jesus commands the Christians uh, the following in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, 
Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Loving everybody is a requirement of godliness. Is there somebody in your life's history that you do not love? Do you want to correct this issue? In this early demonstration of the power of words, we can transform this circumstance. Take an honest moment and make a mental list of those you do not love. Think of each one for a few seconds. Now we will apply godly words. While thinking of the people in your mental list, repeat with me out loud. Are you ready? I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody. Now maintain this confession regardless of the situations that arise, and you'll be free from bitterness no matter how justifiable it is. Bitterness is the fruit of evil, and it kills. Reenact this performance anytime you recognize the root of bitterness beginning to form. First, quote Matthew 5:44, "But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you." Then follow through with the outline procedure. You will love everybody. Next week is the final week in this short series. Don't miss it. We will take the principles we have learned and we will, God willing, manufacture dominant victory. God said, Hebrews 11, verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God said, Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God said, Matthew 12, 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Man said, The concept that someone named God spoke the universe into existence, and that man can harness that same kind of power is laughable. Now you have the record.